Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to A Moment with the Colonel. We gather tonight at a dramatic and deeply promising time in our history. The world has known changes of biblical proportions. Biblical proportions. That the call of Christ is not just to be informed, but do something about it. Giving them instruction, laying it all out. He spent years fighting the opposition as a Green Beret in the Special Forces. Now he's fighting for you. He stands on Matthew 28 to teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's a teacher. He's an evangelist. He tackles real-world issues with a biblical perspective. He'll pray with you. He'll answer your tough questions. Coming to you live from the Prophet's Quarter Studio, here is The Colonel. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to A Moment with the Colonel. Today is April the 14th, 2019. Thanks for joining us today. This is the online church of Seed Time Harvest Ministries, and we invite you to visit our website, uh, seedtimeharvest.net. You can join our newsletter and also download the free training manual for the School of Authority Evangelism. And we'll get to that in just a moment, but first we want to thank our sister, Deanna, streaming from downtown Portland, Oregon, over Mixler.com with the Witness Project. So thanks very much, Deanna, for uh, simulcasting our program on the Witness Program or the Witness Project. Now we do have something at the Seed Time Harvest Ministries called the School of Authority Evangelism. And this is when we come to your uh, area, your uh, fellowship, your church, your place of business, to train you in the School of Authority Evangelism to do the things that Jesus did with signs and wonders following, healing and spreading the gospel. So if you would like us to come and bring the School of Authority Evangelism to you, simply log on to seatimeharvest.net and you'll find all the details there. Now later on, the colonel will be taking calls if you want to call in and pray. And we will be displaying that phone number on our video feeds, and we will be giving the number so that you can call in. So now, without further ado, for tonight's program entitled, What is the Last Days Pouring Out? from Acts 2, 14 through 21, here is Pastor Colonel. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And hello, everyone. Man, Chuck, you did a great Great job, fantastic job, and I do want to welcome everyone. Uh, yes, awesome. man, he's like right on it. And I'm looking right here at this monitor that you don't see right below the camera, and is my Facebook and Witness Project and Blog Talk Radio chat stuff and things going on. And I see that we're joined tonight with the fabulous and lovely Pastor Claudia, and she awesome. And by the way, yes, 
Yes, I know her personally. She's fantastic. And let me tell you, I'm not near the man of God that I would be if it wasn't for her covering and protection and giving me those little tidbits of things in my ear that should keep me in line. Amen. Praise God for that woman of God. Um, Also, check out our Facebook fan page, Seed Time Harvest Ministries. It is Claudia, not me, who is posting that cool stuff out there because I just don't have the time or the desire, to be quite frank, to be doing it all the time. She has taken upon herself, and it's quite good, actually. She has a talent in writing. She has a talent in artistic things and making things look pretty. And she does a much better job than I would be in everything and all that. Writing. Yep. Okay. So I don't know why my computer is talking to me over here. So be quiet, please. All right. Also, all the way from the mountain Appalachian state of West Virginia, we're joined with April. Where have you been, girl? Good to see you tonight. Yes. And. All the way in the Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee are my lovely friends, and they are truly lovely, full of Jesus, Doug Powers and Bobby Powers. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for your prayers. Yes, you always sing to me. I appreciate it. That's great. I need it. Uh, So, Doug, I do love you, and good to see you. I hope that we can get together in the near future and just share Well, very good. We have been on the book of Acts for the last few weeks. And, oh, by the way, before I get in, I want to say that, and Sister Deanna, you may need to help me in this announcement, but I want to welcome everyone from Witness Project. I know Chuck mentioned it, but I want to personally welcome the Ministry of Witness Project on MixLR. There is, um, she has some video capability with audio capability through zoom and you can call her internationally and get on through her as far as I know. And she's wants to test something. I don't know what she's wanting to test, but uh, maybe some more things that we can add to bringing people on. So when you call in, if you may not, if you want to come on video, we would actually, I personally would like to see you. This is the whole point of streaming. I was trying to bring Chuck on that tonight. That would be awesome. It would oh, be awesome. It is awesome. Well, I would I would like to suggest that we we start that uh on Thursday night intercession and invite people to yeah, call Zoom, in yeah. and be able to pray with us live on Zoom. Amen. Yeah, well what I may have to do is just put a picture of myself up there because sometimes about that because it's so late I have my pajamas on and I don't even be good to see me in my old ragged clothes. But it'd be a good laugh, wouldn't it? Uh, I've seen Chuck in his pajamas before when we've been connected on video. It's kind of kind of funny. Uh, I don't laugh at him, but but it's it's, it's uh, Chuck, man. You're in your pajamas. What's going on? <laughs> anyway, uh, and I'm not trying to embarrass Chuck. Jeff, please forgive me. I was just trying to have a little fun, but he has done that, and, and I would do the same thing on Thursday nights, more than likely. Okay. With that said, we'll we'll give me uh, this week. I'm traveling out of the city on Tuesday. I should be back Thursday, but I don't know if it'll be enough time to, to test it. Um, I, I, you know, I do work a full-time jobs, plural. And, and so it's, you know, I'm very limited on what time I have. That's why I know can't take 
private prayer times and ministry times any longer. Uh, just It's just too much for me to deal with. Uh, but you're more than welcome to call her on Thursday nights and Sunday nights. And you can more than welcome get a hold of Sister Deanna or Chuck, and they will minister to you. They're part of Seed Time. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they're con- I consider them being part of Seed Time Harvest Ministries. And if not, then we have pro- uh, we have, I guess he's a prophet because he does prophesy some. Uh, we have uh, Joseph Edward, Pastor Joseph Edwards, I was trying to say, who who is uh, uh, ordained under Seed Time Harvest Ministry. He, he's very anointed in deliverance. And I told him, what, last week, I said, Joseph, I said, I said, every time you come around when I'm ministering, someone manifests. I said, it's not me, it's you. He says, you have that calling on your life. And 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 so I usually end up giving it to him anyway to do with. I'm, I'm more focused on the healing component. And it's good that we can work tandem in that. Anyway, we have a number of people we can put you in contact with who would who can minister to you when I'm not available. And guess what? They're more than capable. They're actually probably even better in some areas than I am. It's just, I just, I'm the face of the ministry. That doesn't mean anything. I'm just the one that comes on Sundays and, and teaches. And, and guess what? They're all people of God. They know the word. They love the Lord. They're anointed. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're, they're disciples. They are disciples of God. So they are filled with the Holy Ghost. They could do whatever the Holy Spirit directs them to do on your behalf and according to God's will. Amen. All right. So before we begin, I do want to say hello to Tanya. It's nice to have you. Thank you for blessing us and, and everything. Oh, Doug is saying that Periscope has a call feature as well. I did not know that. Um, but that's we got to try that. I, I am streaming on Periscope. I've been streaming on Periscope for a long, long time, actually. And I do go in there once a week or so to see who's restreaming it or, or not re- just viewing it and watching and we do get people on there uh, we do have uh, and i say a large twitter following but it's quite a few and you need to check out some of my posts in there i've been quite vocal on certain issues um and not here to discuss that tonight because we don't want to get on those those things that may be that may hurt your feelings because i do tell the truth about certain things so if you want to, you can go there and follow some Periscope. Actually, it's a very, I, I think, a very clear, I don't know how they do it, but their their video uh, broadcasting is, is, is actually better than Facebook as far as I'm concerned. But I think Periscope does have some drops here and there. All right, let's move on. Well, James, uh, Brian, it's nice to have you. Be safe out there in, in law enforcement. Nice to have you. hope you're doing well. Dave from Canada is joining thanks and i hope that uh you hang out with us I always enjoy your comments i did get a haircut glad you you're just like so attentive to detail dave it's like every time every week you say something that it's like no one else comments on what you do but it's cool it's a, i got a haircut and i'm glad i don't like long hair and it would even be shorter if i uh kind of had my way i don't i just i don't like a lot of hair maintenance so could good to see you hope you're warming up there and we've had crazy weather here in Mill TC. Let's get going, man. Good to see everyone. God bless you. Thanks for hanging out with us. And share our broadcast. Go ahead and uh, share it. Put it out there. I have people actually in the international community that follow us, and they share it on their timeline almost every week. Very faithful all the time. Oh, wow, Beverly. Wow. She says that I just wanted to thank you for healing me last year in California. Holy cow. 
Has it been a year? I thought it's been longer than that. But anyway, I used your teaching, and two people have been healed. Wow, praise God. Well, guess what? The teaching is really the teaching of Jesus. You did the teachings of Jesus, and you healed them. This is, I taught you what Jesus taught me. So it's not really mine. I don't own it. Jesus is the master behind it. But I know what you mean. It's okay. I'm not getting on you. I understand what you're talking about, and I get it. Praise God. Praise God. And Brenda, if you're there, if I missed you, please forgive me, but it's nice to have you on. You must have came on and slipped through. So it's nice to have you as well. All right. Wow. Good activity tonight. I haven't even looked at, oh man, witness projects filling up too. Got quite, I don't know all these people, Jared, Warrior Bride, Mark, Five, Wendy, Ken, Price, Claudia, Nunez. If I said your name right, I'm not sure. Leanne, right, and Melissa Joy, R- Rowdy, and Tanya, and four others elsewhere that doesn't list your name, so they're kind of hiding in private, so that's good. We've got a good, good church family tonight, praise God, and let me say this before we do begin. You know, Resurrection Sunday is just next week. We, I am planning on broadcasting, it's the Lord's will, and I said, brother, I'm going to preach, continue preaching, but let me just say this. I am getting bombarded through media and advertisements about the resurrection. See, people don't use the word resurrection, the, the, the death and resurrection. They don't say that. The death, We're celebrating the death. We had to have the death. We had to celebrate that because God gave the Lamb of God for the remissions of his sin and the scapegoat where everything's forgotten, right? And we'll maybe teach on that a little bit next week. But we got a promise that God loved his son so much he resurrected him. And as a result of loving him, he also loves us. He's going to resurrect us. But I'm getting so tired that it says Easter Sunday, and there's bunnies, and there's Easter eggs, and there's flowers. I would rather see a bloody cross and an empty tomb celebrating our salvation. Without that, we would have no salvation. And salvation, according to the words of Jesus, is the greatest miracle of all. Amen. And we're celebrating with Easter egg hunts and all this other stuff, which I don't even like using. It's Resurrection Sunday. It's not Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection. Look, Mary Magdalene just was truly a, 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 a saint of God, just loving Jesus and missed him. And her heart was broken because she saw what he went through and went down zero dark 30 for sunrise and found no one there, and had a conversation with some angels. And even the, the disciples who were with Jesus, who he promised this would happen, didn't even believe. And Peter and John, John outrunning Peter, by the way, got to the tomb and went in. And that was the beginning of our, I mean, that's the beginning of the, the plan of the God's kingdom on this earth. First, we got to get situated. We got to be a body of Christ. I don't like necessarily using the word church, but a body of Christ. There's nothing wrong with using that. But when you use that word, people think of a, they think of a brick and mortar congregation and hymns and organs and praise teams and lights and so forth. So on. I'm talking about a body a people who love like Jesus did. That is the church. People who love, not people who go to church, but people who have the heart of Christ, the heart of God who do good because of God's in them, and they know God. They do good because they know God, and God is good, is he not? 
So anyway, I, I'm just I, I get really irritated with this other image than what we should be having, and and I apologize. I'm not down on anybody. It's just just a personal conviction because I value my salvation. I value what Jesus did for all of us, not just me. Yeah, especially me because it's personal with me, but with all of mankind. And we've made it into some kind of com- commercialized party theme park kind of thing where, oh, let's get together and do Easter egg hunts. And uh, what is what did the eggs have to do with the resurrection of Christ? What does the bunny have to do? And what is having candy and, and all this other stuff? What about just having a solemn celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, just like the Jews have a solemn celebration of the Passover because their lives were saved from the death angel because they smeared the, the, the blood of the lamb over the thresholds of their dwelling. I mean, not just put a little touch, but painted. I mean, just smeared it everywhere. They weren't how should I say this, conservative with the slapping of the blood, if you will. And neither was God when Jesus was slain for the remissions of sins of this world. It wasn't a neat, tidy, clean thing. It was a bloody, brutal process. And he made sure that blood was going to shed. Okay, enough on that. But anyway, good having everybody. And let's just open up our prayer. Father, we just thank you for this lovely evening with everyone the week before, and, and, and Lord, I'm just trying to remember back what you would be doing this week. You would be talking to the disciples. You would pre- be preparing everyone. You, you just cleared out the, the, the temple with the money changers. You, you came in on the donkey colt, and they, they proclaimed you as Messiah. And just fulfilling scripture to a very rapid speed. And I just thank you, Lord. I praise you and glorify you. And Lord, I just thank you for your blood that was shed for all of us so that we may come and know God and be saved and be raised up on the last day. And I thank you, Lord, that you have transformed us by that blood. We baptized and covered us in that blood so that we would be marked by God as a child of God. And Lord, I ask you to touch people today, Lord, that they may come into understanding of the word of God and that you would move upon them in a mighty way. Be with me, Lord, I need you. Touch my mind and my heart, Lord, that I I may be transparent with your will and your purpose tonight, Lord. Just move upon everyone tonight. Let your word flow as I speak your word and, and your actions and your heart and your intent, Lord, that I would move out of the way and you would take over, Lord, that, that you would take over and possess me completely in these few hours that we have together. Heal anyone you desire, Lord. If it's your will, let us see the Father. Let us see you, for you are the image and the flesh image of God. We glorify you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Today's message is still going through Acts chapter 2. There's just so much content in this, so much in depth that I really believe most churches just overlook and they do their best to give a theological teaching, but there's so much more to this than just theology. This is a way of life for today, and this is going to especially be a way of life in the end days when you and I have to contend with 
great acts of evil and spirits of antichrist being manifested in in its greatness in which it, God had intended it to be in order to perfect his body in order to be good enough to establish his kingdom on this earth. Amen. What is the last days pouring out? What is it? What is it like in the last days when God's going to pour out of his spirit, out of his spirit? He's going to pour it out on all flesh. Praise God. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 14. But before we do, we are going to recap a little bit, kind of get us in position, get us in a place of receiving and getting into understanding and the knowledge of God's word. Acts chapter 2, when Peter referred to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, what was Peter really referring to in Joel? What was he really trying to talk about when he was speaking to these Jewish people from foreign nations? What was he trying to bring understanding to as per what Joel had prophesied in Joel chapter 2, especially verse 28. Actually, that entire chapter is a prophetic word of end days. And in that end days, he's talking about the pouring out of this flesh. or I'm sorry, pouring out of his spirit. Wasn't Joel referring to the great manifestation of the power of God when he said this? He was. In the preparation of the great and terrible day. We're, there's going to be pouring out of God's spirit upon all flesh, all the, you know, all people because of the great. It's going to be a great day for some people, and it's going to be a very terrible day for the others. It's a great and terrible day of the Lord, depending on which side that you're on. My desire is for you to be on the great day of the Lord, even though the days preceding that may have been very bad for you. But it's going to be a great day. It's, I can tell you, during the end days, it's going to be terrible for the for the, the other people too, because they have to deal with the trumpets, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls of wrath that's going to be poured out. Their entire time is going to be terrible. Yours is going to be good because you're going to see God's manifestation throughout the entire time. Okay, Amen. So let's continue. Great and terrible day of the Lord, known as the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Christ, the return of Jesus, the rapture, or the advent, second advent, depending on what words you like to use. This is what we're talking about. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, as described by Joel in chapter 2, is the preparation of the great day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord cannot happen until this great pouring out of God's spirit. So that's what I'm saying. Stop looking at the calendar for God's return or the return of Christ, but look at the signs and the events that must occur. Like we know the gospel's got to preach in all the world. And we know that the sun is going to go dark. And didn't the sun grow dark when Jesus died on the cross? The clouds moved over. Darkness came in, right? I think this is a type of shadow of things to come before he comes again. The sun's going to be dark. The moon's going to turn to a blood-like color. It's going to be dark, and it won't be the brilliant light bulb-like white. It'll, be, it'll change colors. And the stars will fall out of the heavens, or they will go black or dark, or they will no longer be there. 
What we are witnessing is true battle in the spirit in the second heaven. The third heaven has released its forces. The, the demonic powers on this earth are coming up into the battlefield of the second heaven, and, they're, and they're, the, these forces are engaging in order to – really, the, the darkness is trying to prevent the return of Christ. And the, the heavenly uh, beings are trying to break open the way for Christ to come through, if you will. That's how I see it. Now, one that's actually true, is it biblical? It's not, it doesn't explain like that in the Bible. But basically, the Lord has shown me some things by his spirit through various things of manifestations to, to show me kind of how this has happened. I've been to the second heaven. I've seen angels up in the second heaven. And so I know that they're there and they're battling. Okay, and so this is kind of where the the battlefield is going to take place in the spirit things in the and I say in the the, the true commanders, the combatant commanders, Christ being a combatant commander and, and Satan or Lucifer being a combatant commander and deploying these great powers and forces in the heavens being the second heaven. And it could be the first heaven, or be in our heaven or in, like in our atmosphere, but it's going to occur up there. And so as a result of that great battle, you know, things are going to happen in the, in the celestial. The sun is going to get kind of dulled. It's going to not be like the sun as we know it today. The moon will have a shade of crimson or blood, or it will look like blood and it'll bring fear upon people. And the stars will begin to fall and disappear. That is a serious battle. Just think of it like this. Have you ever been in a fight in a house? I have witnessed these kind of barroom brawls before, when, especially when I threw it. It's a really big one in Korea when I was, not this recent, but when I was in the Army in Korea. Things get knocked over and thrown and crushed and bent. I remember there was a guy who had, it was outside, and there was a, it was in Itaewon, Korea, and I went up there to, to get my soldiers and Marines out of the bars and the brothels to get them back so they wouldn't get in trouble. And it was started to rain a little bit. And I remember there was a fight going on in the streets and people were fighting in the bars. It was crazy. And I remember this guy had an umbrella and he raised it up and I could see that umbrella. And as it came down, he hit somebody with it. And it came back again and it was bent from where he had hit that person. It had bent the umbrella. It probably didn't hurt the guy at all. Bent everybody, he was beating with an aluminum umbrella and bent it. It was funny, but it was scary at the same time. And fortunately, uh, I was protected, I believe, by God. And I was not harmed. I was able to gather some of the Marines that I was in charge of and some of the soldiers, and we were able to escape there safely without anybody being hurt or engaging in that fight because that's, that was really would have been terrible for those young individuals, including me. So every night around midnight, I had to go out and collect the people, you know, say, hey, come on, let's go. Let's get out of here. You got to get back to to the base and get some sleep, you know, got a big day tomorrow, whatever. And so that was my duty was to round up the drunks and the misfits and the people just inviting, not saying they were out looking for it or starting it, but they were in potential places of danger where someone could have pulled out a knife and killed them in their drunkenness or in a dark place. And so that's what I did. So I've witnessed these things and, and, and saw what happens when people brawl. So there's going to be a great brawl in the second heaven. 
And these things are going to happen. Things are going to get knocked around. Things are going to get crushed. Things are going to get smashed. Things are going to get thrown around. It's going to be a brawl in, with the powers of the Spirit in order to pre- prepare for the return of Christ. It's the last effort on darkness to succeed. So they have nothing left to lose. So they know if they lose, as soon as they lose, their torment begins. Amen? And so they're fighting to, like, all out, you know, as if nothing else loses because they know that they're going to be defeated and put into some form of torment for eternity. Okay, so let's move on. I went too much in that, but I thought you'd find that interesting. And that's in Joel, and it's in Matthew 24, and now we see it again being mentioned in Acts chapter 2. Wow. All right. So being filled with the Holy Ghost, as described by Joel in in Joel chapter 2, is the preparation of the great day of the Lord. You got to have the Holy Ghost to be, to really be used the way God wants to use you. If you want to be in God's will, first, not only give your heart to him, but second, get filled with the Holy Ghost with the manifestations of the Spirit. And I know there's nine, but I think there's more than nine, personally, because I know people can do other things in the Spirit. And it's a true gift. They are prepared enough to, to receive those additional things. Their, their walk with Christ is a point where God has blessed them with certain things to do for his purpose. His will, that's why I, I can operate under at least all nine gifts, okay, as the Spirit allows it. I can prophesy. I can interpret tongues. I can discern and have words of wisdom and knowledge and speak in tongues, which is very easy to do once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and do miracles and, and healings. And, and the only thing is it's kind of hard is great faith. I, I'm I don't know if I've truly been pushed in great faith, but I tell you, you can't prophesy and work in miracles and all that without faith. I think that's just part of it. Like you can't prophesy without having some discernment of what God wants to say or something going on with that person and having knowledge and wisdom about the situation. See, they all kind of like go together, if you will. Amen. So we cannot be the remnant. You and I cannot be the remnant unless we are filled with the Holy Ghost to bring the return, the help bring, not we bring it, but to prepare the, prepare the, the earth for the return of Christ for that great day of the Lord. The Lord needs his people to fulfill the scripture of the kingdom. He does. He needs you to do your part. He has a mission. So think of it like a, a soldier, even an employee. The, the, the boss has something specifically for you to do for his purpose and reasoning that maybe no one else knows about, but he's given you a specific thing. And it could be the same task as other people. But we all have a calling on our life. We all have a purpose, and first and foremost is to love God and to love others. If anything else, overwhelm people with love and kindness. And the scripture says, you know, if someone knows God, if, if, if they're doing good, if you're doing bad toward people, you don't know God. But if you're doing good to people, mankind, the scripture says, you know, God. Wow. That's a piece of evidence right there. And it's just not Christians either, by the way. And, and that's another issue I have. 
we're, we're so wrapped up babying ourselves that we're neglecting the sick. And I mean the spiritual sick, those people who need to be healed with the love of Jesus Christ in order to come to know him. Look, there's a lot of people in this nation that don't know God. And I'm very surprised at the openness of people in, in elected positions that totally you can tell. They don't actually say it, but they reject God. They reject the living God, the, the Jehovah, Jireh, the, the, the Yahweh, okay? So the Lord needs his people to fulfill the scriptures of the kingdom, and God's people need the Holy Ghost to fulfill God's will. How can you do miracles without the gift of faith, right? How can you do a miracle or a healing without discernment that it needs to be done? How can you do that? How can you even, how can you even share your testimony without discernment? Discernment is you sense something. You sense, well, maybe I need to talk to this person. Then you listen, God, is that your will for me to do that? And obedience. Amen? Wow. Praise God. Let's get started. Let's, let's get into some scriptures here. Let's just recap real quick uh, of what's going on. So we're going to go from verse 4 to verse 13, and we'll begin our text in verse 14. Verse 4 says this, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with another language as the Spirit gave them the language or the, the words to say, the utterances. And there were and, and there were dwelling or living in Jerusalem or staying in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, when the when the languages were being spoken, I added that just to bring clarity, the multitude came together, the group of the people came together and were confused. Like I don't think they were necessarily confused, but they were curious. And didn't understand because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. Now, that's why I used the word instead of other tongues. I used language because he heard they, heard they were speaking this language and the people heard it. That's a miracle. To be able to speak someone else's language and never studied it and never heard of it, maybe not even know the name of the language. That's a miracle. That's why I just don't think they were speaking gibberish like some Pentecostals do when they speak in tongues. I speak in tongues, but someone doesn't understand it, it's gibberish, right? They were speaking in an unlearned language that which other people were able to understand. Verse 7, then they were all amazed and marveled. We're talking about the people who had gathered, come together, was asked, trying to figure out what was going on, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Look, aren't all these people speaking our languages? Or aren't they from like down south somewhere, like in Galilee, by the, the big lake? How can they know this? They are not very smart people. They haven't studied like we have. They're not as cultured as we are. They don't have the money to go to the big universities like we did. Get my point? And now is it – now, and how is it that we hear each of our own languages in which we were born – how is it that these people who we know aren't as refined as we are have this ability to speak to us in this other, our native tongue of wherever they're from? How's that possible? Because well, it's, it's a miracle. That's why it's impossible. So we have people from 
Parthians, we had Medes, the Limnites, those dwelling in Macedonia, Judea, and, and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, uh, Phrygia and Panophilia. We have Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, other Jews and proselytes, people who had been converted to Judaism from other lands, maybe China, maybe Russia area, maybe the Armenian and Turkish area, who knows, East, you know, parts of Europe. We just don't know where, but the scripture says from all under the heaven, okay, every nation under the heaven. There were Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking, saying we hear them speaking in our language. The, the, we hear them speaking in our language, the wonderful works of God. They just recognized that this wasn't a man thing that it was a thing of God that was only possible by God. Now, just think about this. These people, the 120 up in the upper room, just had a manifestation of the Spirit of God. As a result, something began to happen and a miracle occurred. Whenever miracles occur, it gives an opportunity to witness the goodness of God. And what does Peter do? So because they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? It's from God, but what does this mean to us? How do, why did this happen like this? Others were kind of making, you know, questioning and doubting and mocking and saying, oh, they're full of wine. And I would say they were full of wine, of the new wine, the spiritual wine, because they were new wineskins, and the Lord just filled them up with a new wine. And they were acting kind of odd. That's what happens when you're full of God. You act odd to men because guess what? God confounds the wise and it's foolishness to the Gentiles. It is. It's foolishness to the unbeliever. They don't understand these things that happen. Why? Because it's things that happen by the spirit of the spirit. And the spirit only knows the spirit and the flesh only understands the flesh. And that's another sermon. I can't, can't keep going there. So let's get started here. How are we doing on time? Let me turn on the, some blog talk here and see where we are. I'm gonna, I got some, a, lot of, a lot of things going on. So we're transitioning. Thank you, Deanna, for awesomeness. It's only by the Spirit. We'd like to see how it works. Okay. Um, very good. I don't know. Maybe you're talking about some technology there. All right, it's good to have everybody. Let me get to where I was going. I, I got to stay up with the time. All right, we got time. Let's try to, let's, there's still a lot of scripture to cover. We still got to cover Joel chapter two. So that might be next week. So I don't know. So here we go. Verse 14, Acts chapter two. But Peter, so remember, these people just witnessed a miracle. We got 120 people in that room just filled with this greatness of the Holy Spirit. All these people in this great community are in, I'd like to say, a place of commerce. So I've been to Pompeii, and I've been to Rome, and I've kind of seen some of the ancient ways that the way cities were designed and, and that sort of thing. And I believe that it would be similar to the way Pompeii was laid out. You had, you know, you had the places where they had commerce and ships coming in and unloading and bringing in things, and you had people out there bidding and selling and and it's a, it's a, think of it like a, a park, but without grass, it'll have a lot of stone like marble and granite and those kind of things. 
a lot of light reflecting off the marble, you know, giving people sunburns if and, and, and you know, keeping their eyes squinted because it's so bright. But I could see all this, this happening like the place I've been to Pompeii where they have all these government buildings to, you know, they had to, they had actually in Pompeii, they had this place where they, the government would go out every day and they would certify the weights and the measures. So when people came in and brought uh, uh, various, let's say like grain, or they brought in silver or gold, they would weigh it for the price and make sure that the weights and measures were certified. He said, so no one was stealing from other people and creating problems. And so you had all these things and you had, I don't know, all these taxes and, you know, registration and, you know, all, you know, it was, it was a busy, busy place, just like this place would have been. Cause you got to realize Jerusalem was kind of a, a crossroads of, I would say, uh, Asia minor, which would be Turkey and Syria. And then even into Europe, we had the coastal areas of the Mediterranean coming in that would come there and then they would ship things. Uh, westwardly, I'm sorry, eastwardly to to parts of Asia and Arabia and and all these things. So it was a it was a great place to conduct various commerce and and getting into Gaza. I mean, it was like a, a intersection of the world basically at one time. And this is kind of what I think was happening. The Jewish people had to come back. They were doing trade in their homeland. Even though they were from other countries, they were still Jewish by, by uh, ethnicity and religion and by faith. And so they were kind of in their home country conducting business. All right. So let's see here. So here's Peter standing up with the 11 other disciples, raised his voice and said he started to preach. Here we go. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this become understood by you and listen to what I have to say. Basically, heed my words is what the scripture says. Heed my words. Who says that? Heed my words. Listen to what I got to say. For these people who, are, who you heard speak are not drunk, because I was one of them. That's what Peter should have said, because I was one of those speaking that way. As you presume... Because it is only the third hour of the day. We're not drunk because it's only three o'clock and we hadn't even had dinner yet. It's not time to let loose. You have witnessed and experienced, and, and what you have witnessed and experienced is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Oh, we got to remember these people read the Torah, they read the scriptures, they knew the prophet Joel and what he did and, and everything. So what Peter's saying is, what, let me help you understand, we're not drunk like you think we are, even though I got some new wine in me that I can't explain right now because I just got it. I haven't figured it out yet. But what this, is really, what this really is is what the prophet Joel told us a long time ago was going to happen in the last day, and it will happen. This will pop happen. In the last days, says God. So here's Peter quoting Joel, who is quoting God. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And I even tend to believe when he says all, he even means those who don't believe, because there's going to be such spiritual manifestations of good and evil 
that these people will make a very deliberate decision to either get the mark of God on their forehead or get the mark of the beast. And in scripture, it says you'll have the mark of, the for- of God on your forehead, those, okay, making up the 144,000, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel, which is like the body of Christ, all right, the nation of God, if you will. All flesh, oh, pour it out on all flesh. Your sons, and this is what's going to happen. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Hmm. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Man, I'd like to have some good dreams. I haven't had any lately. I'm not, I don't know if I'm considered old or not, but I could do it all. I'll take it all, Lord. And on my maid uh, servants, which would be my men and, and, and my female servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those Days. So it's just not one day. It's going to be poured out throughout the entire time in those days. And they shall prophesy. I believe everybody who is part of, the, of God will prophesy in some kind of capacity. And that's why I believe there's multiple gifts of the Holy Ghost. There's people who see things in the Spirit. And they can prophesy as a result of that. Because we have no knowledge of it. They do. They get taught because they see things happen. When I was in second heaven, I saw things that I'd never seen before. And I'm able to talk about what's happening in the spirit as a result of certain actions done or not done. Okay? There's, there's times I've had open visions. I've had visions. I've had Satan give me a vision before. I've had God give me visions of various things, in time things, things in the now as well, angelic. Okay, not, I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm saying it can come in many ways. That's why there's knowledge and wisdom and discernment. I think those, those fall under pro- prophetic. Then there's prophecy and the interpretation of tongues. <laughs> That's prophetic. There's a lot of things that just overlaps in the prophetic. And that's, I think that's why that Paul told us if we're to get any one of any, he said, let's prophesy because it, it's really for building up the, the body of Christ, to bring our faith, to bring knowledge and wisdom of God to the body of Christ. But in my opinion, you can't do any of that unless you have the gift of faith. You've got to have faith because when God tells you to do something, you've got to trust it. That's what he's telling you and do it. You got to believe what you experience is not something of confusion, but something of God. And faith to when to release that information, to release it. It may not be for now. It may be for later. You bring it out now and it may be premature. It may be something between you and God so that you know how to pray. There are times that the Lord tells me stuff about people in order to pray for them. Pray for them because they're going through this or this is going on in their life. Don't tell them, but just pray. That's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You, you can experience that. All right. So it's clear God is saying he will pour out of his spirit on all those who serve him. Everyone that serves him will have the spirit of prophecy in some form or fashion. In visions, dreams, or hearing from God, God's voice, or seeing, teleporting. I know people who teleport in the spirit. And they minister in various ways, go places they've never been before and can speak the language that they don't even know. 
the miracle that we talked about. Spirit of the Lord, the spirit of knowledge, counsel, might, wisdom, and the fear of God. Those are spirits of the Lord. So let's think about it. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of knowledge, so the Holy Ghost, spirit of knowledge. You get the spirit of knowledge if you have the spirit of the Lord. Counsel, be able to preach, talk about the things of God. Counsel is to help bring wisdom into a situation. Might, which is power. I would think doing a miracle and doing various things that manifest God is might, the power of God being manifested. Wisdom, when you have the wisdom of God, you're able to teach and preach so that people see and sense the fear of God. And you have it as well. And I tell you, if you have the fear of God, you don't sin. That's, that's about as plain as you can be. If You can tell if you know God, depending on the measure of fear you have of him. If you don't have the fear of God, you're going to be in sin. And if you sin, then you don't know God. Amen? That's the scripture. It is my personal opinion or belief that what we experience in the Holy Ghost today is a small portion or example or sampling of things to come in the latter days. Why? Because Satan's going to pour out all he's got. It's going to be the worst of times, the scripture says. There's going to be nothing like it has ever been in the future. Well, guess what? We're going to see the pouring out of God like we've not seen in previous times. Just think about it. Is there any God out there being worshipped, I'm talking little God, that has promised or can resurrect the dead? When Jesus comes, God is going to resurrect all the dead, whether sin, sinful people, or godly people. They will all be resurrected. They will be resurrected in the first resurrection or the second resurrection. You don't want to come in the second resurrection because that's the great white throne judgment. Check out Revelation. I think it's chapter 17, perhaps. Don't call me that, but it's in the latter part of the Revelation. Look, there's no God being worshipped right now to include the Muhammad's Allah, the Buddhas, the anything else that has promised resurrecting the dead so that his the people that love him can spend time with him or bring in great judgment in that capacity. It's all in the spirit. But our God is a spirit. And yes, when we die in the flesh, our spirit continues to live in some capacity. I don't know how or why I can't explain it. But our God, the God of Jehovah, the God of uh, Yahweh, they, what will happen is, is everybody is going to be rich. There's no God that says that they can do that, except the God that I serve, the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the only God that has, has been quoted to do that and has promised to do that and will do that and show that through his son by resurrecting him. He is a type of shadow of us. We are a type of shadow of Christ. In his sufferings, we also die with Christ, and we are resurrected in Christ, according to Scripture, by the way. <laughs> and that's a whole new, whole different preaching there, and that will preach that is scriptural, okay? 
the persecution is going to be so great, ever known before and ever will be, that God's going to manifest himself because of the people that he loves and cares for. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost is the preparation for the last days. There's going to be so few people that, that are going to be available that the Lord tells us to pray for laborers. Pray to the master of the harvest so, because the laborers are few and the harvest is great. We're going to see a manifestation. See, that's why I say the Lord's going to pour out of his spirit even on the sinners so that they know that he's God so that there can be a great harvest. Didn't God say, everyone I call, I draw to myself? You can't know God unless he calls you or draws you. How can it be a great harvest unless God is out there pulling them to himself? He needs someone to help guide them sometimes. And I do know that scripture says when the, the person hid their talent that, and buried it, he said that even, you even harvest where you haven't even sown seeds. There's going to be people coming to Christ where there's been no scripture preached, no Christianity, no, I mean, very dark places. God's not going to forget those people either. So if he doesn't have anybody to go, he doesn't have enough laborers, he's just going to send, him, send his son. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's doing that now in nations where there's very limited ability or, or gospel. People are having encounters with the Christ, whether in physical form or in dreams, and they're being radically saved. I wish I could have done that. I would love to see Christ. But he loves his people so much. He's, he's doing this. And this is what's going to happen. That's why I say even the sinners will have a, a, a measure of pouring out of God's spirit, of it, out of his spirit onto the flesh, because he's going to be trying to draw them into him. He's going to be drawing them in. He needs his people. He's going to, he's going to do a great work against the false prophets. Amen. It is the fulfillment of God because of the power of the great things that I talked about, that's going to happen, and to win the lost. It's, it's God's power. It's the fulfilling of his purpose. It's his divine or perfect will for man to be saved, period. If you want to know the, the will of God, save people. It's God's will for people to, to come to know him. And my question is, is there's not very many Christians doing God's will. It's the will for people to know him. They're either not getting to know him or they're not introducing God to people. That's really funny, isn't it? But that's the perfect will of God for man to be saved. And he needs you and me to be filled with his spirit to do these great things so that people will believe. And Peter's preaching to these people, right? Let me explain to you what happened. This is what Joel was talking about and. And here's another thing. This is so important we get this. Jesus did not start his ministry until the Holy Ghost came upon him. Did you realize that? Jesus didn't do any miracles. He didn't turn the water into wine until after he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he was tested in the wilderness by fasting and praying for 40 days. Tested by Satan. How many people out there are sharing the gospel, or trying to do the works of God. They're not filled with the Holy Ghost, and they've not been tested. 
well, they've been through seminary and Bible college. Is that really the same thing? Let me tell you, there are many mighty men and women of God that I know who have been taught by God, by the Spirit, and they know God. They, knew, they know his heart. They know his, his mind better than those who studied and have doctoral degrees in various theologies because they have that relationship. I can tell you all day about my family. And you'll, you'll, you'll glean a little bit here and there, and you'll kind of grow to an appreciation of knowing my family. But you won't know them until you live with them and you live with me. You may not like it. You may not like living with me. But you'll definitely know me, and you'll know things that's not necessarily seen or known to the public or talked about. Why? Because you're not in the secret place. The secret place is behind the closed doors of my house where my family gathers together and spends time as a family or do things as a family. That's how you know us. That's how you get to know us and the true people. So I can tell you all day about them. And it might be good stories, and some stories might be motivational and encouraging and different things. But see, you're not closed up with my family. You don't know what my son or daughter is going through this week. You don't know what I've been through this week. You don't understand my prayers this week. Because you're not in, you're not abiding under the shadow of my roof. You're not behind closed doors in a secret place. That's the difference. And if you want to know God, you must abide under the shadow or the roof of God in the secret place. And great things happen. Psalms 91. Read it. It's. It's great. That's one of my favorite. It's not the favorite, but it's one of my favorite places to read because I get encouraged because every time I go there, something transformational happens with me because I come closer to God each time. This is kind of stuff we're going to experience in the last day. Now, this is something important. Let's, let's look at uh, he didn't start his ministry until the Holy Ghost came. We're talking about Jesus. Luke 3.30, uh, excuse me, Luke 3.22 or 21 says this, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. Jesus was baptized, okay? And while he prayed, so he just baptized, he was thanking God probably, thank you for, you know, whatever, for calling me into this ministry. The heaven was open. The heaven was open. And I believe that got people's attention, by the way. This is why I say that there's something going to happen in the second heaven. Things happen up there. The heavens open, and the Holy Ghost descended in a body form like a dove. So we know the Holy Ghost has a body, or at least when it came down from heaven, looked kind of like a bird. It, had, it was a winged creature. And by the way, the cherubim each have six wings, two to cover their face and two to cover their feet, and the other two they fly with. So I can understand why the Holy Ghost may have wings, may look like a dove. And it's really funny. When we see the image of a dove, it usually symbolizes peace, does it not? When we use it as an icon here, the, the dove, is the olive branch, of, olive branch of peace and, and prosper, I don't know, prosperity, but just peace and just unity. And the Holy Ghost 
descended in a body form like a dove unto him, unto Christ. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. So that's what happened. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. And by the way, when Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit rested upon her. Somehow there was, his presence was upon her, some kind of manifestation that people will say, oh, look, there's something upon her. Maybe that's the Holy Ghost. Because when she entered into the house of Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant with who we call John the Baptist, his cousin, John leaped in the, in the womb, in the belly, in the stomach of Elizabeth because of that holy thing within Mary. John the Baptist received the Holy Ghost in the womb. And by the way, right in the prophet's quarters, we ministered to a woman who was six months pregnant, almost very similar to John, and we prayed that the child would be filled with the Holy Ghost. The child leaped in the stomach of this woman. She got a big happy face because she knew that child was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Praise God. And, and I've seen that baby since it was born. I dedicated it privately in the hospital room, even though they did go to a church and do it. I saw them in Hyderabad, India, and the child was grown, and I began to manifest over it, and he got a great calling on his life. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Ghost at a very young age. Think the Lord's going to let something like that get away from him? No. Obviously not. The last day started at the day of Pentecost because of Joel. Uh, because of Joel. Well, Joel prophesied, this is what I'm trying to say. Joel prophesied that the beginning of the last days started with the people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. That's just a small example or sample of what is to come. The baptism of water was a sign of things to come. So when people were getting baptized in the Jordan River, it was a sign of things that was going to happen at the day of Pentecost and afterwards, okay, after Pentecost as well. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus and the Holy Ghost by baptizing with water as an example of the Holy Ghost that comes and baptizes with power and fire. See, Jesus baptizes with power and fire. John the Baptist baptized with Water. Well, that's really nice, but I would rather have the fire and power than than just the symbolic nature of being baptized. Now, it's important. Show your faith. Demonstrate your faith. I'm committed to Christ. This is what happened. I'm born again, coming out of the grave. I, I encourage it. Do it. But what effect will you have if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You have no fire for God, and you have no power of God. If you don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, Pastor, I got it when I was saved. No, you didn't. What you got was the ability to be resurrected to the last days. But at this point, you have very little power or fire for God. Okay, so let's continue. Verse 19. This is Acts. And we're, let's see, let me back up a second here. Let me kind of preference, kind of skip through. Verse 18 says, and all my maidservants and all my uh, manservants and maidservants I will pour out of my spirit in the last days, and they shall prophesy. And verse 19 says this. I, this is Joel quoting God. I will, wonder, I will show wonders in heaven above. So I'm going to show, I'm going to show like these crazy things up in the heavens above, 
and signs in the earth beneath, below uh, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall turn into darkness. That sounds worse than just being dark. Will be turned into darkness. So there's going to be, instead of a sunshine, there's going to be some great big black hole up there, I guess. I don't know. And the moon into blood. That sounds really scary. Now, what if it will actually be? I don't know because Job is describing what he sees in the spirit. Okay? So we know that the sun in some capacity will grow dark. But Joel says here it'll be turned into darkness. So it's not going to be bright. It's going to be and the moon into some form of color of blood or turn into blood. Before, before what? Before what? Wait a minute. When's Jesus going to come? He's going to come when the, the sun goes dark and the moon turns to blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Jesus doesn't come until this happens. This is like the last thing that happens before he comes. So if you want to know when Jesus is going to come, be looking for when the sun goes dark and the moon turns to blood. In, in Matthew 24, according to Jesus, says also the stars are going to fall from heaven. So I would rather go with what Jesus says, a little more accurate. But still, when the sun goes dark, that's a pretty good indication. You better get yourself ready because Jesus is about to come. You re- What's the scripture say? Look up because your redemption draweth nigh. So this is your rapture right here. This is it, the coming of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that's going to happen during that time of last days that if you call out the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved. Then that may be it, saved to, you know, to be resurrected. Well, let's examine Joel chapter 2 to understand the scriptures Peter and the Jews knew or, or, or understood. So, so let's, let's look at it compared to what Peter was explaining to Jews, of which they already knew the scripture, and, ref, and he was referring to it and helped bring understanding what happened in the upper room. They witnessed it. And so Peter's trying to bring it into perspective, trying to bring this is what Joel was talking about. So that they would understand what God was doing and, and why he was manifesting in this way. Right? So here's Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. That means celebrate. And sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Why? Tremble because of the fear of God because something is about to happen. So like I said, it's going to be a great day for some and a terrible day. That's why I say when you sound a trumpet... It's not to so – what do you do? You know, usually it's, it's an announcement, right? But I like to think it's a celebration for some and a trembling for others. Well, the heavens of the land tremble, referring to those who took the mark of the beast. Those who don't know the Lord took the mark of the beast. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. Now, this is Joel talking many, many years ago. This is what God is telling Joel. The coming of the Lord is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess. Oh, boy. A day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spreading over the mountains. That's a good indicator. You know, Jesus is getting ready to come when it's like that. I like to think it, this is kind of a prelude to referring to when the sun becomes dark and the moon like blood. And the stars fall from heaven in Matthew 24. Read it. That's really interesting. 
This is the last sign before the coming Lord. That's what, these are the last things that happen before Jesus comes again. A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there be, and never such after, even for the many successful generations. That's going to be amazing. A fire devours before them. Now, I wonder what fire that really is. And behind them, a flame burns. Uh-oh. Uh, so here's what, what happens. A, 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 a fire is going to devour these people. It's going to be behind them. It's going to burn, and it's going to burn in front of them. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them. So I believe they're running away, and the fire is kind of like chasing them. Fire's before them, and they're kind of trapped. And they see this land, it's like paradise compared to where they are. And behind them, a desolate wilderness. Why is it desolate? Because it's been destroyed by fire. Surely nothing shall escape them. Escape them? Surely nothing will escape them. They won't be able to escape. There's no way. Verse 4 in Joel chapter 2. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like a swift steed, so they run. They're going to be so fearful at the consuming of fire that Jesus is going to come upon them, bring upon them. They're going to to look like horses running in the wild trying to get away as quickly as possible. With a noise like chariots over mountaintops, they leap. They're scared if they're doing that. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devours stubble. It's going to be like, have you ever heard uh, people from a football game or from a basketball game and they're coming down the stairs and all that noise from their feet hitting the stairs? It's, it's, it's the sound of people moving rapidly. Like a strong people set in battle array. I have been in formations, if you will, of platoons and squads on road marches and stuff, and you hear that battle rattle. You can hear it. You can hear the equipment shifting because the body's moving, and you can hear the what I call the battle rattle, the, the people arrayed in battle going to battle, and, and their gear is on them, and it, it makes this noise as it, as it moves with the body. And their feet, too, marching or walking in the, in the soil, and whatever you are. Verse 6, before them, the people write with pain. Man, they're, they're suffering with pain. All faces are drained of color. They're sick because they know their end has come. They're sick because they know Jesus is coming, and they are going to have to deal with rejecting him. And what they did to the saints and, and everything else. They know that they're about to be held accountable. Think about it. How did you feel when you got stuck, uh, caught stealing something? How did you feel when you got caught doing something of shame? Did you not kind of like, oh, no. Um, you know, did not that, that fear in your face, <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, you just been caught, right? I think it's a very similar type of thing. They run like mighty wind. They climb the walls like men of war, everyone marching in formation, and they do not break ranks. 
This is a masses of people trying to escape God, trying to escape Christ. Men, they're going over buildings like Superman. They're climbing. They're getting. They're trying to get away from him as quickly as possible. That's what happens. They're trying to escape, and they're just moving in ways that they just normally don't see. It's like a horse. Here's Joel speaking by the voice of God, trying to explain for us to understand what their escape or their efforts of escape it may appear to be or look like. If it's a great day for you, you don't have to worry about it. But if it's a terrible day for, of the Lord for you, then this is what you're going to do. This is what's going to happen. They do not push one another. Even every one of them marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. It's like they try to commit suicide on other people's weaponry or whatever, and they're not dying. The Lord's not letting them die. And by the way, that scripture, there's a scripture with that where people are trying to kill themselves and they're unable to. And here it is. Verse 9, they run to and fro in the city. They're like crazy people. They're running around desperate trying to get their last bit of goods and survival gear. They run on the wall. They run on the wall. That is crazy. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. That's demon-possessed there. That's because they have the mark of the beast. That's how they're able to climb the walls. And not just like climbing like mountain climbing, like cliff climbers, you know, where you're reaching and throwing your foot up and all this stuff. No, man, they're, they're like, a, like a cat climbing a tree or something or a raccoon. The earthquakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their rightness or brightness. Well, there's going to be, when that happens, when they're running away, see, they, here's the thing is, the sun hasn't even turned dark yet, but yet they already know that the, Jesus' return is at hand. And they're already trying to get away. There will be no doubt when, when we kind of know when Jesus is going to come again. When these things happen, there's so many signs, so many things in scriptures that tell us when he's coming or about to come. And here it is, the sun, which is the last thing to have, the sun and moon go around and the stars fall. That's the last thing before he comes. But yet here they are already escaping, and it hasn't even happened yet. The earthquakes before them, because they're escaping, you're like, oh. And they're scared The heavens tremble Because why the heavens tremble is probably some thundering Some things happening in space There's there's heavenly things happening Up in the second heavens The angels are battling To, to, to the last fight The sun and moon grow dark As a result of the heavens trembling The stars diminish Their brightness They, they fall or they grow dark I'm not sure if they're going to actually fall or if they're just going to disappear or or maybe a combination. And here these people are, already have the fear of God. They know what's about to happen. This is the demons in them because they know that the time of the torment is about to happen. The Lord, here's verse 11, the Lord gives his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. 
his, his camp is very right. Well, look at that. He gives a voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one, that's Christ, who execute God's word. And it says his word, but it's referring to God's word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. This is God talking about the coming of his son. For the day of Christ's return is great. Obviously, it's great and very terrible for some. Who can endure it? I know who can. Those filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and you don't have the mark of the beast, it's going to be a great day for you. You say, yes, he answered my prayer. He's coming back. Look at him, run, Lord. You go. Go, Jesus, as Scott Luther would say. Go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. Finally, three and a half years have gone and we have prayed and we trusted you. And look, he's here. You're going to be celebrating. I tell you, you're going to be celebrating. Verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with your heart. He's talking to his people here. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. What Jesus is saying here, what he's trying to say is get right with the Lord. Fast in order for your spirit to overcome your flesh. Weeping as a result of just apologizing for your behavior and mourning as a result of, as I'm so sorry, when mourning, of all the things that you've done, you've got to get, got to get right with the Lord. Verse 13, so rend your heart. And not your garments. It's all in the heart. Rip open your hearts. Return to the Lord your God. The callousness of. That means tear off the, the toughness and, and the hardness of heart and return to the Lord. Return. So these people knew God. And he's telling them, return to your God, Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Yes, he is. Because he's telling you what to do to come back to him. Slow to anger. And great and of great kindness, because neither one of us is deserving of his love. And we can only love him because he first loved us. We can't love something like that unless it loves us and we're drawn toward his love or its love. God's a spirit. And he relents for doing harm. He holds back from, from bringing the wrath and wickedness on you. Get right with the Lord or else you're going to have a terrible day of the Lord. Rather than a great day of the Lord. Your salvation should be a great day of the Lord because you know you've been saved and you're going to be resurrected. Verse 14. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Give God thanks. For what he's done for you. Remember him. You know, when we do communion, we, we do it because we remember he shed his blood. And that's what we're commanded to do. He wants to, us to thank him for what he did for us. He was the grain of He's the word of God. He's the bread of life. He was the offering served up. He's the unleavened bread, the uncorrupted bread that was given up. 
his 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 wine his his blood was an offering to God for the remission of our sins. He was the lamb that was slain for the for the entire foundation of the world. And he just wants a little appreciation. How many times have you told the Lord, Lord, thank you that you saved me. Thank you, you redeemed me. Thank you, you brought me from where I was. I'm not perfect yet, but Lord, I'm so glad that I'm having this conversation with you. I'm so glad that you loved me enough. I know that I'm saved and I'm redeemed. Verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Basically, he's saying, get everyone together and get yourself right because the time is at hand. Verse 16, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber. It's like, all right, honeymoon's over. Get focused on God. And the bride for her from her dressing room. Get out of there. Stop. You know, let's get let's get focused on God. Let's get all this other stuff. Well, first, you know, remember in the scriptures is you know, God said you know He sent an invitation to a, a great party, and and people said, oh, I got something else to do. Let me go bury my my father. Let me uh, get married first. I got this to do. Got that to do. The Lord is basically saying. Forget about that. That will come. Get right with me first. Then do these other things. I'm more important than all that. And what did God do? He sent the, sent the angels out to gather people upon the highways and byways, poor or whatever, gave them new garments and brought them in. Because the other people rejected him. They had other things to do. And that's so much like today. People have other things to do because there's no one sharing the gospel with them. You think they want to go to church? People don't like doing church, but people like doing Jesus. When they see the love of God. See, Jesus is saying, get yourself right with these assemblies. Get your right. Where is their God? Why should they stay among the people? Let's read that. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Here's the priest praying for the people. Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach. Don't cast them to the side because we know they're wicked. That the nation should rule over them, that they're going to become slaves of every of all the people or of all the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is your God? And that's what's going to happen. They're going to be tested. They're going to say, where's your God now? If he's so great, why didn't he do something? You're in this predicament. Don't just trust the Lord. You're in that predicament because he wants you to be in that predicament. Verse 18, then the Lord will be zealous for his land. And pity his people. This is the Lord the way he is right now. He wants his son to marry the bride. Who is the bride? The new Jerusalem. That's right. It's scripture. Look at chapter 21 of Revelation. The bride. 
the city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, adorned as a bride, coming out of heaven from God, arrayed in the righteousness of the saints. The Lord, the God, loves the bride, the new Jerusalem, and wants to see his son in it, part of it. Okay? The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. I will send you new grain. I'm going to send you a new bread of life, a new wine like the Holy Spirit, and a new oil and anointing. And you will be satisfied by it or by those things, uh, by them. It, I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. I will not, you know, the nations hate the Jews and, and what we call modern-day Israel. Now, they love Palestine, but Israel, not. Nah. Well, it's the same thing for the Christians. The enemies of, of Jesus Christ are trying to overthrow the nations that were known to be Christian. That's right. The Christian nations are being overrun and invaded right now by antichrist spirits and people. So God is saying, I will no longer make you a rejection or, or, or someone that people don't like among the nations. Verse 20, but I will remove far from you the, the northern army. Now, the false prophet comes from the northern territory. It's in Daniel chapter 11. The northern territory and the southern territory go to war off and on, off and on, on and on. The, the false prophets coming from a descendant or tribal area of former or latter or uh, used to be Israel. <clears throat> you remember after, after Solomon, Rehoboam became king, his son, and the nation split. You had the southern which made up of Jerusalem, or I would say Jerusalem was the holy city of Judea, one of the, one of the tribes, and Benjamin. And the Levites were allowed to occupy that territory, but they didn't have a tribe. They were just a, a priestly people. The other ten tribes were the northern nations. The other ten tribes of prophets, will come from that area that, that blended in with Samaria, the mixture. All right? I don't know if that's um, Ephraim or, or, or which one it is, but they're going to be coming from that area. Dan, actually, if you read what when, when uh, Jacob was blessing his children, he said Dan was like a serpent. And Dan was rejected as one of the tribes and replaced by uh, the, the two sons of Joseph, Ephraim and, um, oh, the other one slips my mind. Starts with an M, I know that. But anyway, the two sons, Manasseh. Okay, Manasseh and Ephraim. Okay, and, and Ephraim and Dan were very wicked. Dan got kicked out. He was thrown out of the nations of the tribal. And, and he was prophesied, if you read in Genesis, he was prophesied as a, as a serpent. I tend to believe this is where the false prophet will come from. It'll be a type of shadow of Christ coming out of Judea. 
All right. So anyway, this is what he's referring to, the northern army, the, the, the nation or the army of the false prophet. But I will remove you far from your northern army and will drive him away into the barren, desolate land. With his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea, he, he stretched, or excuse me, his stench. That means he's going to stink. He's going to be foul. His stench will come up, and his foul odor will rise because he has done, this is the scripture, monstrous things because he's the beast. Did he not come out of the sea? Two of them, two beasts came out of the sea, did they not? One had seven heads and one was like mortally wounded and come back to life, and there was another beast that came out. Monstrous things. Let me read this. It's so intriguing. But, it will, but I will remove far from you the northern army, speaking of the false prophet and the beast, and, and will drive him away, him away, in a barren and desolate land. I don't know where or what that is, but it will be. With his face toward the eastern sea, he'll be facing eastward, and his back toward the western sea. I'm not sure where that is. His stench, his stench, his, his odor will come up, and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Only a beast can do monstrous things because he's a monster. Seven-headed beast with one that's dead and comes back to life sounds pretty monstrous to me. Seven-headed dragon. He's referred to as a dragon. So he's a monster. Is he not? And he stinks. Pretty interesting. That was, read Joel chapter 2, verse 20. That's verse 20. So verse 21 says this, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done marvelous things. See, during all that time, the God's doing these great things. Do not be afraid, you, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the trees bearing its fruit, the fig tree and the vine yield their strength. That's a spiritual reference to the, to the, the figs represent the people of God, and the vine represents the branches of God producing fruit. See, remember Jesus cursed the fig tree because it represented the Pharisees and the religious things. So there's going to be this new order in Christianity, if you will, or in the body of Christ that's going to be strong. It's going to do great things. It's going to bear its fruit and yield strength of great fruit and works of God. Verse 23, be glad then, you children of Zion, people of God. And rejoice in the Lord your God. He has given you the former rain. This is so important. Most people don't know the teachings of the rain, the, the former rain. Uh, so I put in there anointing by the Spirit. Faith, so the former rains faithfully, and he will cause the rains, referring to the Spirit, to come down for you. The former rains the, and the latter rains in the first month. This is the first month of the kingdom of God on earth. Here's kind of where verse 23 is kind of talking about God pouring out of a spirit. The former rain, the latter rain, and the first month. It's going to produce great fruits. It's re- referenced to verse 20 where the, the fig tree and the vines, he's pouring it out. It's not like anything ever seen before. It's going to be a great harvest from the people who are being 
poured onto by God. They're, he's, being, he's pouring out upon them. Verse 24, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat. The harvest will be great. I added that. The reason it's full, the threshing floor is full, full because there's been a great harvest. And the vats shall overflow with new wine. Whoa, and oil. Well, guess what? In order to have wine and oil, there's got to be a crushing, a great crushing. But the vats will overflow. The, the containers cannot contain it. You and I are going to have so much of the Spirit of God flowing on us that it will flow out and get on other people and things because we cannot contain it in our flesh. Our physical bodies cannot contain them. The fullness of God. Because we're human. We got the human factor preventing the fullness of God. And when we're full, we're not big enough to contain it. All that he's got to pour out. Isn't that amazing? Just think on that for a while. Just think on that. He's going to pour it out, but we're not even physically capable of containing his spirit. This is going to overflow. But in order to get there, there's got to be a great crushing of the olives and the grapes. Can't have oil and can't have wine unless there's some breaking and crushing, some pressure, right? The more the pressure, the greater the harvest, greater the juice, if you will. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. The harvest will be great. I added the harvest will be great. And the vat shall overflow with new wine. New wine. That's why I say at the latter day, because of the, the former rains and the latter rains, there's going to be a pouring out of God. And the day of Pentecost and what we're experiencing now is just an example of what will happen in, these, in this time. This is the, real, the realness of it is coming then. The fullness of it is coming then. We're just getting a little bit of teaser, a little bit of taste. That's why the scripture says once you taste the Lord and drink the Lord, you know, you can't, you can't, get, you can't get enough. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Verse 25, we're almost there. How much time we got? I think we got enough time to push through this. Verse 25, so this, we're still in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 25. So I will restore to you the years, uh-oh, restore to you the years that the swarming locusts had eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. There's different kinds of locusts here. There's a swarming locust that eats. There's a crawling locust that gets on all everything. There's a consuming locust and a chewing locust. He's going, God's going to restore this by the army of things in the spirit which he's going to send among us. Because it's going to feel like we're being devoured and destroyed by the wickedness and yeah they're gonna there's got to be a pressure there's got to be a crushing there's got to be a breaking because that's the only way that the new wine and the new oil is going to come in order to overflow our vessels goodness you should be shouting if you're getting a piece of this but he's going to restore it not only take it to what it was but it's going to be more than what we can even thought Based on the army in which is going to be assigned to each one of us, as my great army which I sent among you. We're going to have an army going to 
speed out of Satan everything he's taken. Take it back. Take back what he stole from me. I'm going to take back. No, you're not. He's going to take it back. Take it back from what was stolen from us by his great army. You're going to have a great army that's going to go back to heads of these wicked things. That's why there's going to be such a great activities in the heavenly places. Because they're fighting. They know they're about to lose. Verse 27. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, among the midst of my people. Well, you're going to know that I'm in the midst of you. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. So this is going to happen, but, you know, let me, it's like this. In a debate, you have someone that really comes and makes some points. You say, well, wow, that's, that sounds pretty convincing, persuading, and Maybe there's something to that. But then you got someone else that's coming from a different perspective that overwhelms and, and neutralizes everything that was said and destroys it, discredits it with other facts and information. Remember the scripture says they're going to say, where's your God now? Well, look, you're, we're putting this to you. Look, we're putting you to shame. Where's your God now? Where? Show me your God. God, and I don't remember what scripture that was further up. That's like the first part of this Joel thing. But God is saying, they're going to know I'm in the midst of my people. I'm the Lord your God, and there is no other God. That's what God's saying through Job. My people shall never be put to shame. He's going to come with his army, and he's going to, he's going to take care. He's going to fight the fight for us. We just got to hold on and stand and stand and stand and stand. Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will, whoop, 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 whoop. after those things have happened, it shall come to pass, this, this is going to happen, that after that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. That's the new wine, that's the new oil, but in order to have wine and oil, you got to crush some things, right? But there's got to be a big fruit, a big harvest from the branches of the fig trees, which represents his body, and the, and the, and the vines, the fruit of that, which is pruned by God. It's got to be cut back in order to produce more fruit. Ouch, that hurt, but look what we're going to get. Accept what God's doing in your life so that this can come forth. I will pour out of my spirit in those days. Verse 30. And I shall show wonders. I will show crazy things in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Whoa. I want to see the pillars of fire and smoke, the volcanoes, I guess. I don't know what that is. It's something. Blood and fire. Blood and fire. There'll be blood. You know, there's going to be things turning to blood, like the rivers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Pillars of smoke. When the big, big star falls on the earth, there's going to be smoke coming out, and those locusts are going to come out. Remember that story? That's in Revelation. The locusts come out, and they sting those who take the mark of the beast, that they don't do anything to the people with the mark of God on their forehead. Isn't that amazing? 
and they wish that they could die. They're going to be so miserable, and they try to kill themselves, and they can't die. They can't kill themselves. God's going to make sure they live through his torment. <laughs> they ain't going to let them escape. They can't even kill themselves because he wants them to endure his wrath. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> oh, I can't help but laugh. Sorry. I know it sounds terrible. Here we go, verse 31. The sun shall turn into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great, it's not only great, and awesome day of the Lord. That's verse 31. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said, even during this time, if you'll just call on me, you'll be saved. For in the Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance. Well, guess where the false prophet's going to be? He's going to stand up in the temple when they rebuild it, or if they rebuild it, he's going to declare himself God, right? For in Mount Zion, being where the temple is kind of to be, Mount Zion is up on that hill, and, and in Jerusalem, on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, the city, the holy city, there shall be deliverance. As the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Deliverance of us. When you see these things happen, call upon the Lord and you'll be saved. You shall be saved. Just call upon the Lord. Lord, I see you doing something. Just save me. Because on the Mount Zion in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has promised or said, among the remnant. Or you want to be a remnant? Whom the Lord calls. And the place of the greatest battles known to this earth will occur there. When the northern territory, the, the false part will come from the northern territory and it will invade, try to take over Jerusalem. Which is when, you know, when Jesus said, uh, you know, when the false prophet stands up, like recorded in Daniel, don't even get your stuff, just leave and go to the mountains as quickly as possible. Because you won't be able to escape because it's going to be like a flood coming in. Be carried away like a flood. Praise God. Wow. We only have about 15 minutes left. Praise God. Thank you. What a message. Now, let me just, uh, we're going to take calls. If you want to call, I didn't say that I should have said you could call at any time, but we're such on a, on a roll here. Here's the thing. If you want to experience God in any capacity, and you want to witness and be on the good day of the Lord rather than the terrible day of the Lord. You want to have an awesome day of the Lord, great day of the Lord. It's very simple. Believe Jesus is the Son of God. Now, traditionally, we will pray that. And I'm not sure if it's scripturally based that we are to pray that. But we just believe in our hearts. Believe. So, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that God sent you. I believe that you died on the cross for our sins, and God raised you up, and you're with God now, sitting at the right hand of the throne. Embrace that to the point that it's in your heart, and don't waver from that. Stand in faith that that is your faith. That's the beginning. You're now saved. You've now allowed the door of the Holy Spirit to be able to walk in and to raise you up in the last day, at least be resurrected when he comes. And 
you've now enabled your heart to be prepared to be baptized with fire and power by the Holy Spirit, where Christ baptizes with fire and power. That's the baptism I desire. Amen. And if you believe that, let us know. Go to seedtimeharvest.net. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to say a prayer with you or pray, pray for you. And that's all you have to do. That's it, my friend. That's all you have to do. And also, the scriptures should become start coming alive to you. I hope and I pray, I've asked the Lord to give me the ability to communicate this, his word to a point to where you understand it. And, and you may not get it all the way because the Lord revealed, he opened the eyes of the disciples so the scripture, they would understand the scripture. Because he was speaking the scripture, but he, they didn't get it. They had to open their eyes, open their understanding to it. And they did. But first you got to believe. It can't happen. You, the understanding of the scripture can't happen until you believe. Amen? And let the Holy Spirit teach you the scripture rather than doctrines and rather than other things. I mean, I'm teaching you, but really you have to come to a one-on-one with the Holy Spirit and have him teach you. Amen? Praise God. Well, we have callers coming in. And there we are. Chuck, would you like to introduce our caller or Deanna? Yes, here's our caller. It's area code 612, you're on with the colonel. Hello, caller. What's your name? Oh, my name is Jude. Is this me? Am I on? You are. Yes. What's your name and where are you calling from? One sec. Let me go and speak here. I'm Jude. I was on last week, I think. Okay. You say, what was your name again? I I, I uh, listened Jared. to the recording and I could hear you great on the recording, but for some reason, going through all these systems, um, uh, I only it's the like you're softer than what you should be. So what's your name again? I'm sorry. Well, I broke my phone, so yeah. What's your name? Uh, Jared. Jared. Okay, Jared. Very good, Jared. I was Thanks on, like, for last calling. Week. Yeah, yeah. I I remember. Yeah, what can what do you want the Lord to do for you tonight? Uh, nothing much. I just want to like share like what was happening in my life. You know, like today I was reading the Bible, and like it, this is God's word, you know. And you were just talking about that, and I got revelation on that today, like big time. Like, uh, when you read it, like read as if God's like speaking to you, you know. Like it's so cool. I was reading uh Romans, I think, and like you can like hear God speaking to you. If you just like believe that he, this is his word, like in John, it's pretty cool. Praise God. That's awesome. Well, I'm yeah. glad the Lord. Then, like, yeah. Just keep seeking his word and, you know, pray and fast when he, you know, as directed by him, you know, pray all the ways, but fast when he directs you, but go ahead. Man. I'm, I'm like, David, like you were speaking on revelation, you know, and I know the uh-huh. devil got me before on, like, what you're speaking of. Uh, like, I read that before. I read Revelation probably the most. And, like, you know, just, well, whatever. And, like, there's a beast, like, he smells or whatever, whoever it was. And, like, mm-hmm. 
physically, I believe I smell at times. And I, I said it yesterday in the group we were in. And, like, the devil gets me on that. And it's like, you know, my body's like a, I just feel like it's like a testimony that we're in. Like, that. it's so weird that, like, it's just, like, scary. Well, don't be scared. But first of all, let me say this. I have smelled demonics twice. Um, and it is, it is strong. And you know it. Uh, I mm-hmm. have, I, and I've also have prayed with somebody, and maybe Deanna remember this. I think maybe Deanna was around, and I could smell the spirit. And I wasn't even in the same room with the person. I could smell it, and I knew as a result of the smell. I don't know. It's like how you can smell, like oh, that smells like uh, chicken, or that smells like uh, beans, or that smell. It's like once I smelt it, I knew what kind of spirit it was. It had its identity. And I was able to tell what it was. And the Lord allowed me to be able to smell it. So the spiritual thing, things in the spirit do have odors. And um, they have all, you know, senses within the spirit. It's really amazing. I, I'm, I'm glad the Lord has allowed me to experience that. I remember the first time I smelled a demon or, or a wicked thing. Um, I was in Italy and I was in that church I got kicked out of. And uh, there was... <laughs> Some Arabs or not? Yeah, I guess they are Arabs. They were Egyptians that came in. They speak Arabic. That came in, and they were very uh, belligerent in some ways and, and mocking and stuff. And I could and I could I couldn't get close to them because they smelled so bad. And it and no one else noticed it but me. People like touching them and you know like like they were normal. I couldn't even get close to them because they the demons were on them so powerful that I could smell them and it, it was literally very nasty i mean i don't know how to say it i don't i can't compare it to anything other than just a very very bad odor when you say oh that stinks it really stinks so um anyway <laughs> um, I have i've experienced to- it too um i wanted to tell you i don't know if jared um had said this or not but he's uh praise god I mean, last night he got baptized he got uh, deliverance. He got set free from cigarettes in a moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So a lot of stuff going on, and he's really young in the Lord. And so I just appreciate um, you ministering to him about these things. He has a lot of questions, of course, and yeah. has experienced a lot, a lot of supernatural you know, activity going on. But um, I just want to speak a blessing over him. Yeah. Um, Amen. Lord, I, I just thank you for Jared, and I thank you for what you're doing in his life and delivering him um, from all evil, Lord. I pray that you will um, raise him up and bring him into the fullness of the kingdom and understanding the gospel, having the uh, bearing about in his body the fruit of the Spirit and a witness testimony of Jesus Christ and having full knowledge of the gospel so he can speak in season and and use him, Lord. I just thank you for what you will do, Lord, and um, that's all I'm getting right now. But uh, God bless you. I speak blessings over him. And and we're so thankful, Lord, for, for saving him and delivering him. Interesting deliverance last night, too. <laughs> well, 
Well, praise God. Well, Jared, man, just keep at it. Don't be discouraged. Um, continue to grow. And I can tell you that the, the more you go at it, um, you know, the, the better it becomes. And, and it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Lord, I just thank you for Jared and what you're doing in his life. And Lord, I ask you to reveal yourself. Lord, you said that no man can see God unless the son of man wills it. And Lord, I ask you to, if it's your will, let him experience God so that he may be transformed to, to a level that he has a direct assignment, Lord. And, Lord, that you would reveal all things in the spirit to him. For you tell us that those that we are learned by, that we're taught by God. We're taught all things by the spirit, Lord. And you would begin to open his eyes, Lord. Let him have those dreams. Let him have those visions. Let him, let him prophesy in a, in a great and mighty way, not just to people, but to nations and to presidents and to the things of God in which is going to be poured out in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jared, awesome, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for allowing me to be your virtual pastor and, and all the other ministries associated with Seed Time Harvest. Uh, you know, Sister Deanna and those that are part of her ministry and, and, and that sort of thing. Very good. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, amen. Well, I want, to say, I want to say hello to Johan. It's nice that you joined. Praise God. And, and Bryant and Nikki and Aaron and Juliet. Kevin. Man, I could have used you today, but I'm glad you're there. Aaron from New York. Nicole. Yeah, that's with David, right? And uh, I guess I said hello. Brenda, I, I think in case I missed you, hello. And wow, a lot of chatter. Tanya, so all our international friends out there, Jamaica, Canada, Australia. Very good. And Sister Claudia. And all the listeners that I, I may not be able to see, I know that you're there. I know that uh, on Witness Project, there's quite a few people there uh, that have joined in. Jared, there you are, man. I see you. Awesome. And Kevin's there, too, I guess. It's the same Kevin. Oh, no. Yeah, I guess. Oh, you're speaking to Kevin. There you go. All right. Very good. Well, I'm just going to – we only have just a few minutes remaining and so what I'll do is, well, how much time do we got? We got four minutes. So I'll just open up the mic since it's just a little bit left, and we'll just go from there. Anybody have anything to say? So I know that uh, Deanna said something. Uh, appreciate it. I don't know if there's anything to add. Thursday nights, uh, we do have prayer, but I can't necessarily commit for this Thursday. Don't know if I will be back in town or we'll be able to, to go this Thursday or not, just to let you know I'm traveling this week. I'm going to be uh, on business in Memphis, and I'll be working. And uh, won't, I'll be going by myself, so I won't have anybody with me, so it'll just be kind of a lot of work to do. Anyway, all right. Anything else? Well, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can try and implement the following Thursday and use, uh, use the Zoom. And uh, let a lot of people come in there and show their prayers. Uh, I also wanted to tell you that one of the listeners, Sister April, is working on putting together kind of a, something of a report. There's so much going on in the, um, uh, you know, in legislation and activity in regards to abortion yep. uh, in the United States, and she has been sending me a lot of links and has agreed to put together something of an updated report. 
Um, Maybe we can bring her on and let her kind of give us a briefing on a little bit at a time, like an update, maybe a five minute or seven minute update or something. That'd be really nice to have. We could even even do it on on, uh, Sunday nights too, you know, kind of a opener or maybe a a break in the middle or something. I don't know. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So uh, we want to try to implement that so that people from all over the world can uh, get in and not have issues with Skype on Blog Talk and, um, you know, have good sound and also give the colonel some people to look at <laughs> so you can see who's yeah. praying with him. So, yeah, it should, it should be uh, good. I hope that it all works out. But since you're going to be traveling um, we'll just plan on doing that um, the following Thursday, and that would be the 25th. You'll be here on Sunday, the 21st, correct? Yeah, I, yeah. I plan to to preach again on Easter or Resurrection Sunday, that people know Sunday. what is Easter. Yeah, and uh, as no, I don't know if I will give a resurrection message. I'm sure I'll talk about it, but we may just continue in. In Acts, that's just where the Lord has me. I think this is some revelation in scriptures that we're not. I want to say this. Uh, we have the Lankfords on Facebook tonight as well. And, and it's such a privilege to have uh, men and women of God like the Lankfords to even consider and tuning in for a little bit. But I'm glad that you came when you did. But it's almost over. Well, Willie. Just a well, few. God bless them. That's wonderful. You know how I love Pastor Langford. And um, I just wanted to give a shout out to Brother Kevin, too, and tell him you're so missed. We love you. Yeah, we miss him for sure. I could have used him today on uh, this rendezvous is what we use to connect. We're trying to bring other people in through um, uh, video. And, and I still, I don't know, the information I have is somewhat still confusing to me. I definitely need a idiot book, one of those uh, books for idiots. So anyway, to, to make it a little more plain and simple, maybe some pictures, I don't know. Anyway, well, God bless you. Father, we just thank you for your love. Thank you for, man, your son who's made it possible for us to even be heard. And Lord, I just ask your, your love would flow through the people, your people this week. And Lord, as we celebrate the death and resurrection of your son, the promise that you gave us in the We give you the glory in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Take us out of here, Chuck. See you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Colonel. Coming to you live from the Prophet's Quarter Studio. With God, all things are possible. But we're strong in faith, giving glory to God. And what I pray for myself, I pray for our listeners as they hear. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Moment with the Colonel is a ministry of Seedtime Harvest Ministries. You can visit their website at SeedTimeHarvest.net for more information. I hope you'll listen tonight. And yet he's faithful. He's faithful. And ours is a work of faith. And I think I'll speak in a moment on living by faith. Again, that's SeedTimeHarvest.net. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Tranquility Base here. The angle has landed.